0: Hi, and welcome to The Sustainable Century, where we explore with experts, with leaders, activists, communities of interest, mothers, fathers, and kids, how to buy, how to work, and how to invest for happier lives and a healthier planet. I'm your host, Mark D'Souza Shields. Today, I am so very happy to have Susan Shane as my guest. Well, Susan, I normally do some sort of official introduction, you know, title, position, organization, et cetera, et cetera. But given who you are, I thought I'd leave that up to you. Who is Susan Shane?
1: Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. I am excited to be here. I am a freelance writer, so I've been traveling on and off for 10 years now, and I write about all kinds of things, uh, a lot about personal finance, and then also about travel and food, and then kind of whatever else strikes my whimsy, or whoever else wants to pay me.
0: Well, getting paid is always an important thing to to have done. But I'm a big fan. I've read uh, several of your pieces, uh, particularly the one in the New York Times this is where I kind of first noticed you. But then I, I, looking on your website, I found the article on uh, impact investing that you did for Lifehack. It was really great. You have such a way of explaining things. I have to say, I was just a little bit jealous when I read it. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that coming from you. That that means a lot. Um, I mean, I write about all kinds of investing, you know, 401ks, Roth IRAs. I even wrote a piece about how to invest in the legal weed industry. So, you know, impact investing seemed like kind of a natural fit as a writer. Um, I'm always reading the news and I'm always thinking about where our world is headed. And I'm also kind of a bleeding heart and they're plenty of causes that I love and I want to support. And eventually I started wondering if I could do that while also making smart investment choices. So You know, I just started looking into it and I decided I wanted to write a story that kind of introduced people to the world of impact investing, because I think a lot of us don't even think about it. You know, we just put our money into our Roth IRA or 401k, and we don't ever wonder what companies we're actually supporting. If they were companies, would we ever walk into that store and buy something? Maybe not. So I thought it was a really worthwhile topic to kind of investigate and just give an overall Overview of because it can get kind of complicated and intimidating.
0: Well, well, it was a great piece, and I think people should look on Life Hack and take a read. I, as I mentioned earlier, you have such a clear way of explaining things. Uh, and so, explain this. We all want a happy and healthy life. Secure, uh, secure, vibrant communities. Great means of gaining a livelihood and a wonderful and sustainable environment. But how do we explain this to people, i.e., well, what is a sustainable world? How do we explain it to people so that it takes root in their daily lives?
1: Well, I think, you know, I think my ability to explain things goes goes back to writing about personal finance, because just like a sustainable environment, it's kind of a similar struggle. Like, how do you get people to care about things in the future? and And how do you get them to care about the bigger picture? So... I might. This might not be the answer you're looking for, but um, I don't think you can really explain the world to people. I think you really need to break it down into manageable chunks and kind of address it from how they can improve or change their small section of it. Um, because I think that if you're talking about the world, it, it becomes... Really overwhelming, really quickly. So I think breaking it down and um, talking about how it affects people and their families in a way that's, you know, not judgmental or condescending. It's it's very similar um, in that way to personal finance. If you're talking about incremental changes people can make, you know, is it are you paying ten dollars a week uh, towards your credit card debt and can you gradually increase that amount? And the same goes for how to make your corner of the world a bit more sustainable. Um, You know, can you bring reusable bags to the grocery store? Can you start biking a little bit more? Can you buy vegetables from local farmers? You know, whatever it is. um, I just think you have to approach it incrementally because people are really intimidated by the thought of having to relinquish their car or go vegan or only invest in, in companies that are perfect.
0: Yeah, breaking down sounds like a good way to go. I mean, I've spent the last 30 years trying to convince people that uh, they got to be more sustainable. And I guess they they really don't understand what that means. But I've also found that people need uh, inspiration to act as well. Don't you think?
1: I think. I think, yeah, of course, I mean, I'm a writer, I'm creative, I I get inspired by all kinds of things. And I think that just some small unexpected piece of inspiration can really change your outlook. But I'm big on practical steps. And I'm big on how to actually break this down and implement it in your life. um, Because otherwise, it's, it's not actionable, you know, people aren't gonna take any steps if it's just this idea. So I think they work hand in hand.
0: Well, I've always found that people are looking to find inspiration, and, and sometimes if you look real hard, you never find it. What What's the most surprising uh, inspiration that you found maybe unexpectedly
1: of late? I, I mean, I found inspiration in so many strained places. Um, I, I mean, I think the most recent one and the most maybe unexpected to your listeners might be I recently moved to South Carolina for a few months to be close to family. And I wasn't really expecting to be inspired here. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of things about the South. Um, it's my boyfriend's family who's here. And so I had never lived down here before. And, but I've, I found it to be a very inspiring place. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing if people are trying to make change in New York or San Francisco or places that you would expect, but the people down here who are trying to make a difference and in a place that's a lot harder and it's a lot harder to find that community, I find them really inspiring and lots of people are doing cool things down here. And it just kind of went to show me that um, being exposed to different perspectives and different places is is always a good thing. and, And you can travel all over the world and then come back and still find inspiration in your backyard. So I just think you just have to keep your mind open to it and you'll find it.
0: I'm a big fan of keeping uh, one's mind open, uh, that's for sure. But keeping our minds open these days uh, seems to be a bit of a challenge. There's so much division in the world, particularly these days in the United States. Yet, paradoxically, uh, we're moving towards a a much more collaborative economy. We see that online with the different apps and the different approaches to learning and bringing people together. Where do you see the world going?
1: Oh, boy, that's a tough question. Um, I'm an optimist, so I personally I see positive things in the world. I mean, there are a lot of negative things going on right now, but my hope is that we'll kind of bounce back from it. Um, You know, for every action, there's a reaction, and I'm hoping that some of the more divisive things are eventually going to wake us up and bring us together. Um, I mean, it's the same way with technology. You know, over the past decade, it's started to bring people apart. Um, You know, everyone's in their house doing their looking at their phones and doing their own thing. And I think right now there's kind of a backlash and I think that's only going to grow with people trying to engage with each other in person and trying to meet up and find ways to collaborate. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm positive for the future.
0: Well, well, I think that's fantastic. I have to say, I'm more of a cynical optimist. Maybe that comes from too many years of doing this kind of work (laughs) Hey, but I noticed in your website that you had an, the opportunity to have lived in Oaxaca, in Mexico.
1: I did, yeah. That's actually one of my favorite places. I was there last year for two months. Yeah, my wife there a lot
0: uh, with some international companies uh, on a, in a wind farm project. Actually, uh, she's been down there a lot since and, and enjoyed the food greatly. I mean, wh- what's your favorite food from Oaxaca?
1: Oh, we, How much time do we have? <laughs> Uh, I could talk for hours about the food in Oaxaca. Um, one of my favorite dishes was just some chilaquiles from a market there. I went there all the time. They had two for one chilaquiles on Tuesdays, I think. So that was a pretty dangerous spot. Um, and something unexpected from there was it was the best um, pan of chocolate that I've ever had. There's a bakery there called Boulang, and it's a Mexican guy, but he's trained in Europe and all over, and he makes incredible baked goods.
0: Amongst the, the many pleasures that you can find in Mexico, food is right up there. We've got about five different uh, regional cuisines and Oaxaca definitely is one of them. Uh, but I wanted to ask you a couple more questions, shifting gears, uh, what are your three, I mean, sh- shifting gears in a big way, I guess, from food to personal finance, Uh, what are your three biggest rules in personal finance?
1: You know, nobody's ever asked me that before, so I kind of had to think about it. Um, But I do have three rules that I came up with that I'm pretty happy about. Um, The first is just to start saving for retirement now. That's a huge issue. It's going to be a crisis. um, And so I'm pretty passionate about that. Um, And if you have trouble with it, pay yourself first. You know, just automatically every month transfer money from your checking account to a retirement account without thinking. That's what I do uh, because I had never really thought about retirement until a few years ago. And now it's become an obsession of mine. <laughs> um, and another one is just to focus on the big stuff. So stop thinking about take out coffee or whatever, spending $2 here, $3 there. I mean, that's not to me a way to live. Instead, I would suggest you know asking for a raise, moving to a more affordable apartment, selling your car these big changes are gonna have a much greater impact and allow you to be less stressed about money and just make it a less tedious process it's just there's no point in living your life if you're gonna be worried about, oh, can I spend this dollar or two dollars instead move to an apartment that's two hundred dollars less a month, and you'll be free of that. If you can, I mean, of course, that's coming from a place of privilege.
0: Um, That's interesting to bring it up this way. I mean, I interviewed some 50 or so uh, folks for my book in Invest Like You Give a Damn, and you're right, people sometimes uh, are stepping over the dollar bills to get the uh, pennies, to pick up the pennies. That's a famous saying. Um, You know, and I guess your advice makes sense. Make life easy. Uh, Enjoy life uh, as you live it uh, and go for simplicity. Uh, Getting rid of the financial angst in your life is probably one of the fastest ways to make it more enjoyable. And really, that's one of the points of life, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I definitely believe in simplicity. um, And so that's a that's a huge thing for me. And the last one is a little bit more nebulous, um, but I would just say practicing gratitude, um, being thankful for what you have and trying not to covet what other people have. Um, That's one of the reasons that I advocate for spending money on travel. I mean, it's my favorite way to spend money, but I also think it teaches you to live with less and to appreciate what you have. And I think that that's just a really great practice in terms of life, but also in terms of personal finance.
0: Honestly, that's great advice, both to to make your own life healthier and happier. But to also contribute to all things sustainable. So Susan, I wanted to ask you, uh, finally, uh, what are your plans in the future and, and where can folks find you?
1: Yeah, uh, plans for the near future are, as always, up in the air. I'm going to be in South Carolina for a little while more and then probably hit the road again and be abroad for a good length of time, Not too sure where yet. Um, But people can always find me at susanshane.com. That's Shane, S-H-A-I-N. And I'm on Twitter at Susan underscore Shane. And the best way to keep track of me or, you know, get in touch with me is via email. You can sign up for my newsletter on my website.
0: Well, I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Uh, For those of you who are interested, and and again, you can reach Susan at susanshain.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-S-H-A-I-N.com. Thank you so much for coming to speak with us today, Susan.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. It was great to talk with you.
0: I'm Mark D'Souza Shields, host of The Sustainable Century. Thanks for listening. I hope you liked it. If you did, I encourage you to check out the Sustainable Century blog at thesustainablecentury.net. Remember to click like in all the right places. Better yet, pass the blog or pass the pod along. And remember, it's up to you. It's up to us to make this a happier and healthier world.